So this is actually the episode itself, notwithstanding, this is a little bit of a unique episode for me personally, because uh-huh. I have met one of the people in this episode. Oh, really? Who um, did you meet? I have met uh, Byron Burline, who is uh, a bluegrass fiddle player who, during like the random parts where there's just like different crew people or having weird dreams or whatever, uh, he's, he's the like the, the, the crew member that's playing the violin. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. How did so, you, how did you meet him? So he owns a like he he's a like pretty well known like bluegrass fiddle player who's like played with a bunch of different bands and stuff and I think he's like done work in various he kind of has this list of like movie credits where like they needed a violin played or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, he apparently did the uh, the fiddle part for the Rolling Stones uh, country honk version of a honky tonk girl. Okay. Um, but anyways, but he he owns a fiddle shop in in Guthrie, Oklahoma. Um, oh, really? Yeah, kind of like basically like retired to this like small town in Oklahoma, and like had a little like bluegrass band that would just like he had a like music shop downstairs, and then upstairs there was a little like concert hall, and like once a month they would just play a little bluegrass concert that uh, my grandparents would take me to a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. He's kind of just like a local. Oklahoma celebrity because uh, when I was taking violin lessons, I bought my violin from him at his fiddle shop. Uh, huh? Yeah. So. Was he nice? Yeah, he's he's a real nice guy. Looks like he. Remember, Alpha says he died uh, last year. He died. Yeah, I, I, I was looking and I saw that. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know that before, but yeah, it's too mm-hmm. bad. But yeah. Um, but yeah, that's one of those just like nice little memories I have of like going up with my grandparents. And, Definitely yeah. being like the youngest person there by a number of multiple decades, but mm-hmm. um, well, rest in peace, Byron. I yeah. uh, I thought that was a it was a funny little. I mean, I think he was do, definitely doing the job. I think. Yeah, he. <laughs> I did really like his little like, just kind of like the look on his face when he like snaps back to just like being in. <laughs> yeah, it's his, his room. He's just like, oh well. Yeah, he 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 has this look of sadness, and then he's just like. Huh. He, he doesn't really seem that like disturbed. He's just like, well, I was having this nice fantasy, and now I guess I'm, I'm not anymore. And what are you gonna do? Yeah. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Out of Contracts, the show where two guys who have seen part of Star Trek try to watch all of it in no particular order. I'm Ryan Howard, and I'm Brady Junkle, and I'm getting pretty good at that uh, little. Quick yeah, it just rolls off the tongue. Yeah. I've been doing it. I've done it now like a hundred and hundred odd times. So yeah, I barely ever screw it up anymore. Uh, I know. You, <laughs> I do every now and then wonder, like, if we should just. I guess we lose part of the charm if we had like a pre-recorded kazoo. Well, honestly, with like the way we do the cold opens, it would actually take more work to like edit in. Yeah, stuff um, than it would if we're just doing it live. Um, yeah, I mean, we would, we would be able to get the kazoo. You know, we wouldn't have to worry about my kids breaking the kazoo. Because <laughs> I am true. working, I am working with a broken kazoo right now. So yeah, uh, I mean, you've, I feel like you've also got a successful career ahead of you if you ever needed as a kazoo impersonator. So yeah. <laughs> uh, so this episode is called "Where No One Has Gone Before." Uh, it is written by Diane Duane. And Michael, that's what a nice, what a what a fun name there, Diane Duane. There's only one yeah. letter different in the first and last names. Written by Diane Duane and Michael Reeves, and it was directed by Rob Bowman. Um, it's season one, episode six of TNG, 
and the Memory Alpha uh, synopsis is, when an experimental engine modification throws the Enterprise to the edge of the known universe, the crew must rely on a mysterious alien to guide the ship home. Now, I did not look up, uh, I didn't pay attention at the, when I was watching this episode as to who wrote it, and I was going to say, it would not have surprised me if this one had a Roddenberry writing credit, because it's so obsessed with the idea of, like, trying to make fetch happen with Wesley, <laughs> who is, like, oh, sure. you know, Roddenberry's, like, insert character. Uh, yeah. But no, not not written by him. No, he doesn't use yeah, writing this, is, credit anyway. this is a very, like, Wesley is, like, super special, you guys. Yeah. Although it is still, I, I do really enjoy that it. it is still in the the period of TNG, which may have just been like early first season, where just everyone else is incredibly mean to Wesley. Yeah, <laughs> and just like anytime he's on set, you have someone being like, "Why? Why is there a child here?" Yeah, it's funny because I I, I was kind of making note of that that like I think that the show is trying to get you to feel bad for him, or like to like show that this is like a character flaw of Picard's, which like understandable like you know you shouldn't be mean to kids but also it's like i just find that character so annoying like when when picard does like kind of be like what you know like i'm like <laughs> like yeah i i identify with picard at this moment uh yeah but uh so yeah this episode is yeah very early season one uh episode of of tng yeah but it's kind of an important episode for like the overall mythos of not only of this show, but, you know, as we saw in Picard, like, the entirety of, of Star Trek, like, you know, it introduces the yeah. Traveler and, like, the idea that, that Wesley is, like, special and important and stuff. So, uh, yeah. it also, as I, I think I texted you this today, like, I think it's the first episode of at least, like, two or three episodes of TNG where they kind of, like, have have the Enterprise do, like, a speed run of the entirety of Star Trek Voyager, where, like, they get, <laughs> really, like, tossed yeah. to some far corner of the universe and then have to go home, but they make it home that that day, you know? Because I know there's at least one Q episode that's about that, too, where Q just kind of, yeah. like, tosses them out, and then they have to come back, you know? Yeah, it is It is one of those that, like, after Voyager happened, you kind of look back on episodes like this differently. Like, you can't not think about that. Yeah, it's too bad they didn't have a a thought-powered engine. Uh, yeah, right? <laughs> or something. <laughs> All right. Why don't you take us into this? this? I don't think this will take very long to describe because this is just one of those episodes where it's just like the episode is like a very basic excuse for them to show weird things happening. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. So the episode, kind of the setup is that there's this, this Starfleet engineer who's been going around and like upgrading different ships engines he's played by stanley camel who is who was the i mean to recognize as uh monk's psychologist from monk uh, oh really yeah oh. for his first one yeah he he died during the run of that show but uh uh-huh. but yeah who's i think is pretty good in this i think he he, he is he definitely he like job. nails the character i feel like yeah um who is this engineer called kaczynski who's this like arrogant jerk that thinks that he is like a genius that will never be understood by anyone and when meanwhile like Riker and the chief engineer at the time Argyle who is Argyle is he in like all of season one or do they have like different engineers different times he's in he's in multiple episodes as the chief engineer okay season one um but yeah or basically just like we looked over like what he's doing and it's all just kind of like nonsense 
Yeah. Like it shouldn't it shouldn't have any effect on anything. It's just kind of like made up. Um and he's like, Well, you can't argue with my results. I'm like, I'm just too much of a genius for you to understand. Um and then he has this assistant who's just this kind of like quiet guy following him that does he even ever get a name other until they'd call him the traveler? Uh no, I don't think so, no. Okay. Oh yes. Uh, by the way, sorry. Argyle's only in two episodes of of TNG. Oh really? He's okay. also in Data Lore. Okay. But yeah, and so they go to engineering, and Kaczynski starts does the kind of classic thing where he he's like, I don't have time or interest in like teaching or explaining myself to you, but since you ask, and then he like goes into this like super long speech that is clearly like. Nothing, yeah. <laughs> There's clearly nothing, but also clearly, like, someone who really wanted to, like, take time to explain that to other people and sound good. Yeah. It's like, view with me, if you will, this screen as we consider the following. Yeah. Is this merely mechanics or is it nature itself that we're dealing with? And what other than nature are the fundamentals of space and time? Yeah. <laughs> like, you like, got all that ready. So, like, clearly you did want someone to ask you to deliver that. Um, but while he's kind of, like, going off on all this nonsense... His assistant kind of sits over at a little console and starts, like, putting in some actual stuff. And then Wesley, who is there working on a school project, kind of, like, comes and looks over his shoulder. And they sort of, like, talk a little bit. And Wesley's like, oh, well, like, what if you, like, put that thing over there? And the assistant's like, oh, really good. And, like, what if, what would you do about this? And you can tell that, like, he's kind of impressed with Wesley being smart, even though they're just, like, pointing at... Like, it's one of buttons. those things where, yeah, it's just these buttons and, like, this screen that is just kind of, like, a screensaver, basically. Like, it's, like, yeah. a picture of the Enterprise and then some little, like, lines going in circles around it. And yeah. they, like, Wesley, like, pushes some buttons and nothing changes on the screen. And he's like, oh, that was a very clever thing to do. Well, yeah, and then at one point, <laughs> Wesley's like, well, I was looking at your calculations and it seems like what you're saying there is that... Is that like what a space and time and ideas are all the same or thing or something like that? And, and, and he's like, no, you must never say that again. Like, well, yeah, he, you're far he, too young to be thinking these things. He reacts like almost like as if that was like the idea was like erotic to him. Like he's like, he's like, I'm looking to see if that's in the I don't think it is. But like the what he says where he's like, you should never say anything that's so powerfully nonsense or something like that but like he just like, yeah. he, like clearly it's like he he cannot de- uh, you know hide his extreme excitement that like someone else has has stumbled upon like what is actually correct you know yeah uh, yeah and so then they like they start their test and so the ship goes to warp and Kaczynski starts like putting in random numbers and whatever thing he's doing and then the the traveler like kind of grabs his console and then starts like phasing in and out, uh, like will like disappear and come back a few times. Yeah. But Wesley's the only one who sees it because everyone else is looking at Kaczynski. And then suddenly the ship starts going like way faster than it's supposed to and passes warp 10, which was the moment where I was just like, Oh no, does this mean we're all going to turn into salamanders? Yeah. Uh, And then they end up in so first they end up just at like the far end, or no, they end up in a different galaxy. They've like left. They end up, in, they end up they're, they're like two galaxies over. Yeah, they're like we went so far that we like left our galaxy, went fully through another galaxy, and then ended up in like 
another one over. I would say I I enjoyed the effects in this episode. Maybe that's because I was watching you know Blu-ray, but like I liked the way that when they started going really fast, like you started seeing like nebulas and stuff. Like like it wasn't just like the oh, just kind of like shooting thing. past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was kind of cool. And yeah. I, I like what it looks like outside when they're in, at the end too. Like when they go to the the other area. But. Yeah, because this one they like, will occasionally cut to just like a matte painting of like the Enterprise and like various kind of weird looking space stuff, or just like some like pink planets and nebulas and stuff. Um, and then they're like, "Oh, well, we have to try to do that same thing again to go home." Because at this point, Kaczynski thinks that like he did something incredible with the engineering stuff, and it's like made this like famous discovery. He's like, I, I miscalculated, but it was, like, a good thing. It's, it's, it's yeah. kind of like doing, like, the, you know, cornflakes were invented on accident type of a thing, you know, where yeah. it's like, yeah, and... and Yeah, like, I'm a genius. And then yeah. <laughs> someone, either Riker or Picard, is just like, well, no one will ever know about it if you don't get us back to Earth. So, yeah. Um, so then they try to do it again going the other way, and... The, the Traveler is weaker this time, though, so he... Yeah, and the Traveler's weaker, and so... And also, like, Wesley, like, tries to tell Riker, like, this guy did something weird, and that's why we went this far. It has nothing to do with Kaczynski, and Riker's just like, shut up, Wesley. I'm busy. Yeah, there's there's a real, like, um, 60s, 70s, like, Disney family movie vibe to this sequence. Like, I don't know, like, did you ever watch, like, uh, like Snowball Express or anything, like, any of, like, those movies? Like, the thing of where it's, like, an adult doesn't, you know, it's just, just going to be too dismissive of... A kid, you know, yeah. who's like, oh, you know, uh, man. Like, I'm the only one who knows what really happened. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Again, like, it just felt very, again, very, like, uh, you know, author insert type of thing. Yeah. And so because the the Traveler is, like, more tired, like, he tries to do it again, but they end up... Where do they even end up? They just end up, like, somewhere weird. Yeah, they end up, like, basically... They, they say they're a billion light years from their... I believe on Emory Alpha somewhere, I think it says they're like at the edge of the universe, but I don't know if they actually say that in the in the episode. But they're, yeah, they're just like a billion light years away. There's there's yeah. someone, as Data says, where where no one has gone before. And my yeah. and my my, uh, my older son looked at me. He's like, "Oh, where no one's gone before," because like because he, he knows he <laughs> knows like the, the thing that the they show. say at the beginning of the, yeah during the yeah he's like <laughs> nice. he's like I get it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um... Yeah, and so they go into, like, part of space where reality gets weird, basically. Yeah, classic, um, classic, like, we're in a, a weird part of space. Like, Yeah. Uh, Which, like, may, I guess is, like, as justifiable here as it ever, if you're just, like, at the edge of space. Like, yeah, I, I mean, I, get, get I don't usually like episodes that are, that are, like, just, like, here's an excuse to, like, have something strange happen. Not, I mean, it can work, but, yeah. like... Uh, there's a, it, it makes me think that there's a thing in, I think it's Minecraft, but like one of those games where like, it just keeps generating the world as you kind of go. So, so there's a thing like this kind of like lore called like the Farlands, which is basically what it is. It's just that like, if you just kind of travel far enough in one direction that you force the processor to like generate enough world, it like puts too much stress on it. And so just like, weird stuff starts being generated because it's just run out of like memory. Yeah. And you just start getting like errors and like upside down things and stuff like that. So it, it kind of strikes me as that of just like the 
the universe has run out of like rendering power at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I like yeah, I like the I like the effects on the outside. Like I think they they show like they I was reading a little bit about this on Memory Alpha, and they were saying that it was like a combination of like Christmas lights and like water and mylar dissolved mylar. Uh, hmm. Interesting. Because yeah, it is very. I think it, it is very good at just being like this is like so strange as to be like unrecognizable. Like. Right, it's like so different from anything we like know or experience. Mm-hmm. Like it's just kind of this like strange space where like stuff, like lights are kind of flying around and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is cool looking. Um, but then on the ship, basically, people are starting to like like if they imagine things, those things will appear and then just kind of disappear. So like Warp sees his old Targ and. Again, like Byron Berline is like in a string quartet playing Mozart, and there's like someone who's like ballet dancing in a you know concert hall type thing. My favorite one of those probably those two people who who pass by Picard and they say, "We need your help. Don't you see what's following us?" And then Picard yeah. just like looks, and there's just nothing. And there. there's nothing at all. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Um, I also I also like when he tries to step out of the lift and he like steps in almost steps into space. It's uh, good. Yeah, and so they'll just kind of there's, I it did seem like there's a lot of like extras in this episode, mm-hmm. or just like like during this part and then also when like everyone is thinking happy thoughts, like I I feel like there's more like they just like dedicate a full shot to like focusing on just like a crew person on the ship. Yeah. That's not a named character or anything, but I feel like there's a lot of like people that got screen time in this one, mm-hmm. and so everything's going strange. Um, and they end up, I think this time Riker sees it, and so that's how they know that like the the assistant is like doing something strange, and so but he's also like unconscious in sick bay now, mm-hmm. and so Picard goes and they wake him up, and he kind of explains that he is from like a different dimension or reality dimension or time or something like that. Um, that just kind of like visits our galaxy, like travels through our galaxy, like or our time or our universe, like just kind of like see things mm-hmm. and, and does confirm that like Kaczynski is just kind of like just sort of like a silly person making stuff up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And, but the, like this guy is like acting like his assistant to sort of does just enough to ships to like make it look like they're doing something useful, so they keep getting like put onto other ships to kind yeah. of keep traveling around. Yeah, and and they kind of do this stuff of like like what West was saying, right? like space time, but also like thought is or like ideas is like just as important a part of that whole kind of like continuum. Um, yeah, this there is a way I think you could get this to work at least a little bit better than it works here because like I think that you know there's an argument to be made for like that like objective reality you know like is mm-hmm. not fully possible right because like yeah. everyone's you know perception of reality is filtered through their own ability to perceive it you know yeah. and so then like I think someone could re- write that in such a way where it's like yeah by perceiving 
reality. If you, if you alter your perceptions, then you alter reality or something like that, you know? But in, the way that they explain it here, it's just kind of like... But yeah, but like, if to all of your senses there is a targ there, then, like, functionally there is a targ there, whether or not... Like, what? there's no difference between that and there actually being one there. Right, but he's just kind of like, don't you see? Thought is the power that yeah. make things go. And then, and then Picard is like... He's like, you probably don't get it. And Picard is like, no, no, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. Like, Picard is just like, good. All right, yes. everybody, only think, like, don't think dangerous thoughts. Just think thoughts about the traveler taking us home. Yeah, but the, but just like the way that, that Picard is like, oh, no, no, I'm very smart. I understand. Like, and then goes, okay, good. I guess that's settled then, you know, like. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was cool. Um, yeah. Also, why is there one pitch black wall in sickbay did you notice this like that that like no i didn't catch this it almost seemed like they like ran out of budget to shoot around the different areas of sickbay because crusher and wesley are standing like on one side of this the the bed that the traveler is in and then kaczynski and uh and picard are standing on the other side and then the behind picard and kaczynski it's just dark it's just nothing it's just complete black screen and so I was like, what is happening over there? Like, why like, didn't you light the... Yeah, like, like it's very strange. Like, like because there should be, like, stuff back there. Um, yeah. You know, monitors and things. Like, Right. It's very huh. weird. Just, like, every time you cut to Kaczynski, it's like they're in, like, a black box theater or something. Weird. But, yeah, I didn't catch that. Anyway. Um, but, yeah, and so then this is also the part where the Traveler, like, takes Picard aside and is just, like... It's important for you to know that, like, Wesley is incredibly special and important for, like, the galaxy. Yeah. Because he's really good at science. Yeah, he's like he's like the Mozart of science. Yeah. That, like, he kind of understands this, this whole time, space, and thought and engines thing. Um, because, yeah, he, like, every now and then talks about, like, propulsion in like the same sort of sense of reverence of those other things of like time and space. Yeah. Um, and so he's like, make sure he succeeds, but don't let him know about it. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. So they go back and Picard like radios to the whole ship. Like it's important for everyone on the ship to think really hard about the traveler getting us home and like thoughts of like well-being for the traveler. Cause we don't want him to like, die before he gets us there which like there's no way that most of the people on the ship know what he's talking about right like they don't know who the traveler is yeah i can't Um, remember like like 100 whatever people on enterprise yeah i don't think he radios to them who the traveler is because he radios to them to tell them to like think happy thoughts you know yeah but then he's like think about the traveler's well-being and getting home (laughs) this part all i could imagine was someone being like I couldn't help it. I thought about the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man. Yeah. Um, I thought about Blues Traveler. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Dang it! Uh, uh, sorry, Marsh- Marshmallow Man. Yeah. Um, the overall effect is, as Deanna says, just like really good vibes all over the ship, basically. Like everyone's just really yeah. feeling good. Poor Deanna doesn't really get anything to do in this episode because she kind of is like, yeah, I don't know what's going on with Traveler at the beginning. And then. Yeah, she's like, he's weird. This yeah, is a, and then during this part, she's like, 
yeah, everyone's really ha- thinking very happy thoughts. That's a good, cool. Glad, glad you could be on this episode. That, that's which kind of also uh, I felt about Worf and like at one point, like probably about thirty minutes in, you see, you see a close up on Tasha Yar, and I was like, oh, she's in this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you haven't spoken yet. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that is. I mean, that I think is too common a thing in season one of the Next Generation. Is yeah. there like main characters that you're just like. Oh, you're in this show too. Yeah, War- Warf- I really don't know what to do with you yet. Yeah, Worf and Chat and Yar, especially, and then I think to a lesser degree, Deanna, I'll get that treatment in this in this episode. Yeah, because like Jordy at least gets to like drive the ship. Yeah, like Jordy and Jordy and Data get some things to. Yeah, I, I don't think yeah. Jordy ever stands. They do up some like from, exposition. Yeah, I don't think Jordy ever stands. Or sorry, I don't think uh, Data. I mean, ever stands up from his chair, but uh, yeah, he, he gets some lines. Yeah, he has to kind of tell them where we are. Well, he's, yeah. he's 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 playing second fiddle right now to to the traveler who's played by what is that guy's name Eric something who was apparently in consideration for uh, he was a finalist for Data's role. Eric, oh, really? Eric Miniuk, I believe is how you say his name. So, huh. yeah, so he was. He, I feel like that would have been very different. Yeah, he could have been Data, but um, anyhow. Yeah, and then they come back, and, and the, the traveler disappears. Uh, like he he like phases yeah. out of existence. It seems like when as they're coming back, but they do make it back exactly to where they were before. Uh, before any of this happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Picard tries to be nice to Wesley and can't really. And it's like do very it. difficult and awkward. Yeah, <laughs> but he gives he gives Wesley the rank of of acting ensign. So I think probably the next episode he probably pops up in his. How does he get a uniform? After in his this? little, his little, or the, like his little the rainbow gray uniform. Sweater. Yeah, his little yeah. gray uniform sweater thing. Yeah. Uh. So. Yeah, a big, a big episode. Not, not a particularly great episode, but a, a big episode for the, the continuity of the show. I think. Yeah. Although then again, like, like it's it's one of those that this happened and then, like six seasons later. They're just like, hey, remember the traveler? Does he only now appear Wesley's twice? Be I, thought a traveler. He, I, I think thought... he's only in the other, like really? the one where he, Wesley becomes a traveler. Maybe I'm wrong. I thought he was in another one, but let me look. Let me look. Let's see. He's in three episodes. Oh, okay. so he's in the one at the end, and he's in this one, and then he's in uh, Remember Me, which is let's see. We we haven't done his other two episodes, whereas we have done the other other episode that Argyle is in. We've already so we've, we've got a uh, uh, okay. a show wrap on Argyle. Oh yeah, so he's a, he's also in the episode where uh, everyone everyone is disappearing until it's just Crusher. Oh really? I didn't know he was in that one. Yeah, I guess so. So I don't remember him in it, but that yeah. according to Memory Alpha, he's in that episode. So interesting. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have anything else to say about this one. It's it's uh, yeah. It wasn't like awful, but like I don't know. It was just kind of. I think you know one thing about it is that like it's very similar to the premise of like not the whole premise, but the premise of like the part where everything weird is happening. It's very similar to Shore Leave, and I think Shore Leave is like way wackier, and also like that's what that show is about. Is you remember the Shore Leave episode of of TOS? Um. um Kind of. They go down to like. I, all I remember is is uh, McCoy drinking mint juleps. No, no, no. That's not. No, that, no. This is. A, this, sure, we haven't done short leave yet. We haven't done this. Oh, okay. Yet. Yeah, you're thinking of. I think that episode is called "This Side of Paradise." Um, yep. but, uh, yeah. But short leave, they go. They go down to this planet and like 
it manifests your thoughts, like, basically. Okay. This episode is, like, a lot wilder. Like, there's, I think there's, like, a giant white rabbit that is running around, and then, like, I think Sue gets chased by a tiger or something, you know. Okay, um, yeah. So, it reminded me of that, but, like, not as, not as interesting. Um, and then, yeah, I don't know, I just don't care that much about Wesley, so. Um, but, yeah, it is it is interesting to see, like, a meaner Picard, I guess, uh, that he ends up being, but... Yeah, I don't know. It was fine. It was whatever. Uh, I asked Reggie what he thought yeah. about it after the after it was over, and he went meh, which I think is a pretty <laughs> nice. fair, a pretty fair. Uh, he just he just reached that age where he realizes that he doesn't have to like everything he watches. That not everything is good. Yeah. I was, I've been thinking about that lately, of like trying to remember kind of when you have that realization of. Yeah, that there's that you kind of get past the like. Well, it must be good because it's a movie. Yeah, like I um, type I, of thing. I took him and his brother to see uh, to see the new Black Panther movie. Oh yeah, and he was like, I didn't really like that that much. It was too tragic, is what he said to me. So, uh, huh. um, anyway, and I guess it is. It is kind of a tragic movie. So, I understand that. Not it's not everyone's bag. Um, anyway. Yeah, well, thank you everybody for listening. I don't know what the next—I never seen this next episode, but I'm—I'm that we're gonna watch. But I'm, I'm more hopeful for it than we have for the last couple because it's a season seven Voyager episode. I think there's a lot of good season seven Voyager episodes we've watched for the yeah. show. I think um, so. It is imperfection. It is Voyager season seven episode two. Do you do you know that episode by name? Are you are you uh... not not just based on the name? Okay. No, I assume it's a seven thing, but. Yeah, I mean, it's because a good guess. It's season like, but, seven Voyager. Yeah, season seven and like, Voyager. Imperfection seems like a very like Borg-centric type thing. Yeah, but. the longer you go in Voyager, the more likely you're going to be watching an episode about either her or the Doctor. So, so that's what we're going to be ne- doing next time, and that, well, we do this every couple of weeks. So, in the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter at Contracts. You can follow us on YouTube at Out of Contracts. You can email us at Out of Contracts at gmail.com, or you can visit our website at outofcontracts.podbean.com. You can also check us out on the Kaleidoscope Media Podcast Network. Or you, sorry, you can also check out the other shows, I mean, on the Kaleidoscope uh, Media Podcast Network. There is Here's Johnny, which is a horror media show. There is That's Not a Science Source, which is a science and pop culture show. And there is Wizard Studies, which is a Harry Potter show. So check any of those folks out, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everyone.